You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. It's our fall book club episode, and we'll be spending the entire episode discussing Lori Frankel's book, This Is How It Always Is. But before we get started, we have just a couple of housekeeping notes to start the show. So the first is to make sure that you know about our monthly-ish newsletter. Some months were better than others, but every newsletter is like a friendly little neighbor hello and includes content and recommendations from us that aren't always in the podcast. So there's some exclusive stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Plus, that's where you'll hear about upcoming book club picks and more. So you can sign up on our website, girlnextdoorpodcast.com. And we just want to say a huge thank you for all of your Apple podcast reviews. Yes. They truly warm our hearts and make us feel pretty great. Plus, they are like magic for the secret Apple algorithms mm-hmm. and help new listeners find the show. To leave a review, if you haven't already, go to your Apple podcast app, find our podcast, and scroll down past the listing of episodes to ratings and reviews. Scroll a bit more. Unfortunately, they don't make it super easy no. <laughs> to find write a review. Or you can also open iTunes on your desktop, find our podcast, and write a review. Thank you so much. Can I also add a note? Uh-huh. Thank you so much for all of your engagement on Instagram. Oh, we love like, you we guys so much. We just love you over on Instagram. And yes. we have made an effort to be there more yep. and just sharing with you there more because I just think it's a really genuine place to kind mm-hmm. of engage. And so thank you for commenting on stories, for asking us questions, for sharing. Like you guys have shared the fall extravaganza episode oh like crazy gosh. and we're just so grateful yes. for that so it's, it's thank you warms our hearts for us to see where you're listening mm-hmm. how you're listening and we get great recommendations from our listeners yeah, that way too totally <laughs> okay before we get book club started you have a drink for us okay so this is a weak version okay <laughs> i feel like it would be better with a little bit more but it's what mm. 11 a.m on a tuesday yeah so this is a cider whiskey sour Ooh, I, I love, love an apple name. combination with whiskey or yep. bourbon yep um and so i just did the tiniest amount we have like a half a shot okay. each of whiskey <laughs> in here and then um half and half of apple cider and just some fresca like okay. a, a sour soda like okay. a squirt or a fresca so right. you have a very cute Cheers. round oh, yes. ice cube in there and very cute glasses. little vintage glasses from Cheers. my grandma see the soda's a little flat mm. and it needs more whiskey okay but I, my apologies. I can see how it would yes, be amazing. Yes, I've had it before, and it's good. <laughs> so this is just—it's good I, though because we don't word. need to be slamming it's, a drink right now. It anyways. is fine sipping for a Tuesday morning <laughs> podcast. Okay, so to kick off book club, let me read the synopsis from the author's website to remind us what we read. When Rosie and Pin and their four boys welcome the newest member of their family, no one is surprised it's another baby boy. But at least their large, loving, chaotic family knows what to expect. But Claude is not like his brothers. One day he puts on a dress and refuses to take it off. He wants to bring a purse to kindergarten. He wants hair long enough to sit on. When he grows up, Claude says he wants to be a girl. Rosie and Pin aren't panicked at first. Kids go through phases, after all, and make-believe is fun. But soon the entire family is keeping Claude's secret, until one day it explodes. This is How It Always Is is a novel about revelations, transformations, fairy tales, and family. And it's about the way this is how it always is. Change is always hard and miraculous and hard again. Parenting is always a leap into the unknown with crossed fingers and full hearts. Children grow, but not always according to plan. And families with secrets don't get to keep them forever. So, Erica, 
Tell mm-hmm. us what you thought about this book. I have many thoughts. I have many right. post-it notes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to preface. I'm, I'm going to give you my grade at the end. Okay. Because I, I feel like it might even change as I talk through okay. some of it. I need let's, to process this Let's book. work through this. This is a doozy. This is not a light read, friends. Okay. No. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it's not heavy in terms of like being depressing or... Sadness. Yeah. Violence or sadness or anything, but it's just a lot to think about. And it deals with some serious topics. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that it's a meaty one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me preface all of this by saying okay. I think this is so important a topic um, and especially to explore it through story mm-hmm. and fiction story mm-hmm. in particular because I just personally believe in the power of story and how you can develop empathy um, for situations that you may never find yourself in mm-hmm. uh, through someone's good telling of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, that being said, mm-hmm. it overall fell short for me mm-hmm. and I was disappointed in that because I Maybe that was partly because of the expectation I had going mm-hmm. in, because it does have pretty high critical mm-hmm. uh, reviews. And I think because it does deal with such a timely, important topic, mm-hmm. that's it's getting a lot of buzz about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that means it needs to be handled even just done really well. Uh-huh. Um, and I just felt like it fell short. So, okay. But let me tell you some things I did like first, okay. because first of all, I do think it's important. And I always am just like, I want to find the good in any written work because yeah. I know how much work goes right. into that. Right. So what I really liked were the general and really profound observations on parenting in general, um, conversations between Penn and Rosie mm-hmm. in particular. Um, and then, so let me just read a couple. Okay. I'll read a couple that I loved. So okay. I have, I have color coded post-it notes. This is very fancy. It was very dog-eared. Kelsey would be mortified, <laughs> but I changed it to post-it it's, notes. Because it's a library book. Right. Which I'm so proud of you for having a library book. <laughs> so they're talking about at one point, um, you know, whether this was normal or not, or how to determine what, what mm-hmm. things were normal. Mm-hmm. And they're talking all about like kids going through crazy phases and whatever and um she's rosie's point was more this the normal state of children is nothing remotely resembling normal (laughs) so which makes it hard to identify the aberrations when they come and i oh man i can relate to that as a parent i can relate to that with our adoption journey and Mm -hmm. knowing trying to sift through what is kind Mm -hmm. of an attachment or bonding issue or anxieties Mm -hmm. or things like that and what is just like you're just being a weird kid right right now right so i thought that was a super super good point Mm -hmm. Um, there's another point where they're talking about, um, the kids in general doing a pretty good job of adjusting like his friends at school and Mm -hmm. stuff, but then talking about, um, their parents or them as parents and how Mm -hmm. it was harder. Um, Rosie and Penn were slower to adjust. They say it is what you never imagine can be lost that is hardest to live without. Mm. So I thought that was really profound and that really struck me because there's things that have definitely been, um, you just think things will be a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. The whole, this is how it always is. And mm-hmm. so when you are faced with it being different and you lose out on these certain experiences, mm-hmm. like for example, um, naming my kids, I didn't mm-hmm. get to name my kids and mm-hmm. I, everyone assumes they're going to name mm-hmm. their kids, right? Yeah. Like even, even in my childhood dreams, if I would have thought about adopting, I would have assumed I would still name them. Yeah. Um, so things like that where you, and that becomes a source of grief when you didn't even mm-hmm. know it was right. something you could miss. Right. So stuff, I just thought that that was, that one spoke to me personally. Um, and then talking about time and parenting, mm-hmm. um, parent time is like fairy time, but real. Mm-hmm. It is magic without pixie dust and spells. It defies physics without bending the laws of time and space. It is that truism everyone offers, but no one believes until after they have had children, mm-hmm. that time will actually speed, mm-hmm. fleet enough 
to leave you jet lagged and whiplashed and racing all at once. That's so true. And I think that's why parents who are ahead of you cannot help themselves, but tell you it goes so fast, you know, and to like, you can't even, you can't, it goes so fast when you're in it or when you're on the other side of it, you almost cannot put yourself back there. Mm -hmm. Like you can't imagine what that was like anymore to Mm -hmm. have a newborn or a toddler or whatever. Like it's just, it's very hard to relate to parents that aren't in that spot. Yes. Oh, and then this is when, uh, They've kind of, they're in Thailand, which I will talk about. Towards the end. Yeah. But they're kind of coming to this point where it's okay to be in the middle. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have to have this definitive definition Mm -hmm. for her or Mm -hmm. um, know exactly what everything's going to look like. And I just think this is a really good point about Mm -hmm. life in general because most of life is in the middle. Uh, She's saying they could be mindful of what was hard for everyone, not just what was hard for Poppy. The trouble all humans in the world had knowing who they were and what they needed and what would help the mysterious, unknowable, miraculous beings in their care. Their lives would be a different kind of fairy tale, less magic and more ambiguity, less once upon a time and happily ever after and more in between, which that that sentence is beautiful to Mm -hmm. me. A middle way. In the meantime, they had to live with the not knowing, got to live with not knowing, got to help other people with what they had to live with too. Tell their stories, dispel fear, let be, amend as necessary. Mm. I thought that was probably my favorite mm-hmm. paragraph in the whole book. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm reading lots of quotes. No, I want to back up my thoughts with evidence. It's lovely. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> this was really good for talking about writing and I had never thought of it this way and is pretty much exactly how I feel about writing a book about our adoption story Mm -hmm. Um, when Penn is talking about having finished the book, finished the fairy tale. I tried the opposite. Write it down, carve it in stone, or if you like, paper is just as permanent once you send it out into the world. It seems like it closes the story, settles on one ending, eliminating infinite possibilities, fixes it in place, in voice, but no, it does the opposite. You write it down so others can read it and then it can grow. Mm. That like took my breath away. You nail it to a moment so it can pass through time. A book is just a foundation like us. You write it down to build upon. Our love, our magic fairy tale love is what supports the rest of it. It doesn't mean the kids can't grow. Of course it doesn't, but it lays down a place for them to do it from. That's Mm. what story is for. That's really beautiful. I loved that. So All of that being said, Mm -hmm. what bothered me Mm -hmm. about this book, first of all, I just had a hard time getting into it and I don't know, I'm not exactly sure why. Did you know what it was about going into it? Yeah. Okay. Um, But just had a hard time grabbing onto something or like, Mm -hmm. maybe it was because I knew it was going to deal with a difficult topic or Mm -hmm. something that I was going to have to be in the mood to think about that I didn't. kind of bracing yourself for that. Yeah. And maybe I didn't realize it was going to be addressed in such a light way as it as it was in ways like there was parts that were funny and sweet and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a hard time doing that. I, what bothered me is I feel like there were some very implausible plot twists Mm. (laughs) or character actions Mm -hmm. that just didn't, it's not that I didn't think they could happen in life. I didn't think that they were true to the character Mm -hmm. that she was writing about, Mm -hmm. that that character, the way she was building that character would have done that thing. Mm -hmm. So for example, like, Claude, first of all, Claude just doing and saying things way beyond the development of a five-year-old. I, uh, that's, that is also one Intellectually. Of my, that this, is also this, one of right. my criticisms. The gender identity piece aside, mm-hmm. he's still a five-year-old. Right. So I wanted to see how a five-year-old would mm-hmm. express it. And sometimes she did that really well, mm-hmm. I feel like, in terms of 
um, just wanting to wear a dress right. because I feel comfortable. I can't right. explain it. I just want to wear a dress or right. I want to bring a purse to school. Yeah. Or, um, and then other times it was like, <laughs> there is no way that a five-year-old even knows that word. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I have some in here, but anyways, there was just some actions and some ways of saying things mm-hmm. that I felt like, I think part of what she was trying to do was just show what a special cool kid he was. And he mm-hmm. had this like little something about him. Yeah. But it, that could have been done a little more carefully. Mm-hmm. So as to not mm-hmm. have the person who used to teach kindergarten be like, there's no way a five-year-old <laughs> would do that. Right. Um, and so that just became distracting. Yeah. And then um, the Wisconsin thing uh-huh. that all of Wisconsin is bigoted <laughs> gun toting. Oh, no. I, I do. I feel like she did not handle that carefully at all. And especially, I can't quite remember. And I don't know I, if she was, she, this is similar to her story in that she has right. a tra- transgender child, right. but she made it very clear that it's not her right, story. Right. Right. And she does currently live in Seattle. So I'm like, is that just <laughs> what you think about Wisconsin? And especially Madison, Wisconsin is very different than some other parts of right. the state and very like liberal and progressive mm-hmm. and, and I just feel like not that those things don't happen everywhere. Yeah. But the way that it was handled was just like, Wisconsin sucks. <laughs> we need to leave. Everybody here is a bigot. He doesn't have a chance of being raised yeah. normal. Yeah. And I think part of it was like showing how visceral your reaction is as a mom, right? To mm-hmm. prote- to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was even parts in there where like within the same paragraph, she was saying, you know, I analyze things. I look at all the facts. I do all mm. of this. But then she was acting in this gotcha. other way. It was gotcha. like, that doesn't really in, match with her analytical in, personality. When they were in Wisconsin, like two of the big deciding factors were Rosie working in the ER yes. and seeing that uh, transgender college yes. student who was beaten right. to death. And then uh, Claude Poppy date. going over to the play date and then the dad coming out with a, with a gun. Right. Okay. And here's Just what I terrifying. have to say about this too. Mm-hmm. Number one, I, I don't find that super probable that he would actually pull a gun on a five-year-old. Yeah. I don't. I think maybe he would be heated and come pick up your kid and maybe have some words. Mm -hmm. I don't. And if he did, Mm -hmm. why is nobody calling the police? Yeah. Even if you want to, you don't want to stand up to him. He's got a gun. Clearly that's scary. Clearly he's abusive. That picture was being painted. Uh Maybe at least when you get in the car, call the police and say, I've been threatened with a gun. My child has been threatened with a gun. Especially when it seems like the parents seem to be so kind of aware and proactive. Yes. It almost seems like about things like that. Yes. They just go get ice cream, (laughs) which I can even understand the like, we're trying to like tone it down. Like that's fine. But then maybe at least mention that you called the cops or did something about it. Like you're, if this is so horrible that you're going to move to Seattle, why would you not even call the cops? Like that doesn't even make sense. I can't quite remember now all the circumstances that led up to the play date, but I feel like I remember at the time too, like, why are they letting this happen? Right. I I wasn't, I don't know if I got the sense that they felt like, oh, this is a great friend and a safe friend, especially just knowing their child's situation. Which didn't, again, match with how at the time they were Mm -hmm. very concerned about his every action. And Mm -hmm. Penn was saying, no, I'll be waiting for you on the playground, not at home. Very, very aware. So it's like, it doesn't, it's not congruous with like how they're Mm -hmm. actually acting in other scenarios. Right. Almost like it kind of had to happen to move the plot along. Yeah. Like it was a convenient plot thing, but also maybe a commentary on guns, which is fine. There Mm -hmm. are plenty of conversations to be had about that, but like it's done with not a lot of integrity. Like, Mm. 
there could be other situations or he could just have come out and been mm-hmm. nasty without right. the gun. It's like throwing it in there for a dramatic gotcha. effect that doesn't actually kind land. Of made it over the top. You know? And then, okay, this is the other thing. So then when with the um, transgender woman being beaten to death, mm-hmm. the inclusion of the gun there was absolutely ridiculous as well. Mm, t- remind me. So he, so she's at a frat party mm-hmm. and kisses this boy, right. Chad, who by the way is from Kenosha. We'll throw that in there too. <laughs> he wasn't from Madison where it is more liberal. So he must be a bigot. A Chad. Because he's from Chad Kenosha. from Kenosha. Yeah, which is right below Racine where I'm from. Just so you know. <laughs> so it took a little offense. Um, but he, they were interested in each other and mm-hmm. started making out. And then she, he figured out mm-hmm. she was a he because mm-hmm. of, hand up a skirt um and went and like kind of freaked out and told his frat brothers Mm -hmm. who came out and like started beating her up and he tried to stop it Mm -hmm. and like just i'm just gonna read it out loud and you tell me if this sounds plausible Okay. okay from a grown man all right okay Later, when the whole story came out, or as much of it as could be pieced together, it turned out it was Chad who'd gotten the gun, that having kicked off what quickly got out of control, he couldn't get his fraternity brothers off Jane Doe. Okay, that's fine. He screamed and pulled at the backs of their shirts and tried to push them off of her and away, but they wouldn't listen anymore. Couldn't listen anymore. So he'd gone into the house, into the room of a brother who knew he knew kept a handgun in his nightstand. He'd meant to fire it into the air or something <laughs> to get everyone's attention, but he missed. Uh, it was his first time with a gun. Okay, well, oh. I've had a first time with a gun. We have like, guns. That right. doesn't, you are, you do not intend to shoot a gun in the air as a right. fully capable adult male. Right. They're not that out of control. They don't just have a mind of their own. Right, right. An inch to the left, it would have been over instantly, but he'd very nearly killed Jane Doe. He'd very nearly killed her anyway. He'd also nearly saved her life, but not quite. So it was Mm. like the beating itself Mm -hmm. could have stood alone. Mm -hmm. But then like these things that I'm like, that just doesn't happen. Mm. That doesn't happen with guns. But it's like trying to make a point about guns Mm. and trying to make, and then, but what it ends up doing is taking away from the bigger point, which absolutely Mm -hmm. transgender teens are in very vulnerable Mm -hmm. positions and are beaten to death. Mm -hmm. And that could have stood alone as a plot point. Just and still been conf- just as jarring. Just in fact, actually it. a little more jarring because yeah. to literally beat right. somebody to oh, death is yes. much more violent in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I just, that kind of really bugged me where I was like, oh, this is like, mm-hmm. this is sloppy mm-hmm. right here. It's either sloppy or it is um, overly political mm-hmm. and trying to make another trying point. to do too much. And it just needs to stand alone and be like, have some integrity mm-hmm. plot wise. Mm-hmm. So that really bugged me about the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Thailand mm-hmm. bugged me about the book okay. in general. Uh-huh. Not that she went and not even that she took Claude. But mm-hmm. do you really think that Claude, who she's so worried about mm-hmm. and who's not eating, who's not doing all the things that she would take him to another country with her to get out of the situation, right. that she would then also just leave him alone all day long in Thailand? Yeah, that was, that felt like, very surprising. I'm like, what is surprising? Claude actually doing? <laughs> this is not how this would go. I don't know any mother, first of all, yeah. that would take, what was he, 10, 11? Yeah, young. Not even like a 17-year-old teenager. Right, right. To... A country like Thailand mm-hmm. to work in like extreme conditions in uh-huh. Thailand and then just leave him to fend for himself all day long. Right. Right. Late into the night. Yeah, but remember she was teaching the children. 
Yeah. Just, I mean, it was <laughs> became so, a school teacher. That part was so ludicrous to me. And I think the point was like trying to talk about how culturally it's more normal in. Right. But, but like you all can those make lo- that point all a those, lot All those ways. logistics made yes. it like took away from And it was super point. unclear to me. There was talk like almost like they were going through a separation, yeah. but that wasn't clear. Right. If she had yeah. left because she was mad or she just didn't like how she left it. It kind of felt like kind of some forced drama. Almost. Yes. That is, which I just feel like there was a lot of that mm-hmm. in here, which here's the deal. The, the story in and of itself mm-hmm. w- is dramatic. And right. I cannot imagine going through that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see like the ins and outs of that without mm-hmm. the unnecessary drama. Yeah. yeah. And so the, and I, here's, here's what I have to compare it to that really makes me dislike this book overall mm-hmm. okay. is I think about the hearts invisible furies, mm-hmm. which is handles a similar topic in terms of sensitivity mm-hmm. and gender issues and things like that and gender norms, mm-hmm. but written beautifully every yeah. single sentence mm-hmm. and care taken with like, I don't know, just written with so much care to detail, mm-hmm. to character development, mm-hmm. to, I mean, yes, there are some plot twists in there that are a little improbable too, but they at least like match the character that and they've already developed. almost winks at it. Right. You know, like it kind it's of. It's almost like, well, this guy deserves a bone thrown his right. way because he's right. dealt with all these other yeah. coincidences yeah. that are not okay. So mm-hmm. it's just, oh, and then, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a anyway, minute. Anyway, so comparing to Hearts Invisible okay. Furies, this falls so far short okay. where it could be on a similar, mm-hmm. uh, on a similar book list mm-hmm. of like important books to to, to read, read about, about you know that community mm-hmm. and then um the the way that everybody finds out mm-hmm. is so ridiculous yeah it's like the, the english the- teacher's husband grabs the wrong folder and is reading oh, ruse yeah. oh i'll find it just yeah, you wait please, this part made me crazy do find it because i'm like they're and they left, she left so many loose ends. I was thinking maybe it would be the girlfriend that was like on again, off again, the older sister oh, next yes. door. Right. That she would maybe get real nasty and right. vindictive or something. That's kind of what she hinted at. But no, something so ridiculous that would not happen. So <laughs> Rue wrote an essay uh-huh. um, right. about his sister becoming, or his brother becoming a sister and how, what could be counted on in life, what was unalterable, what was rooted in the physical and what eluded it. Like he, he wrote this very thoughtful essay about it without coming out and saying it. Right. Mm -hmm. So Rue's English teacher graded papers, which it's not like this English teacher was part of the story at all. (laughs) Graded papers at her dining room table. One morning, her husband grabbed her folder instead of his on the way to work. When he realized his error in the middle of a meeting, he called in his assistant to swap it out. The assistant of the oh, husband no. Oh, no. looked inside and recognized Rue's last name and oh, read his essay and relayed that remarkable piece of gossip to her own husband in bed that night. The assistant was Marnie Allison's mother. She had a very loud voice or a daughter with very good ears. No. So like a daughter classmate overheard that. How many layers removed right. is that? Like there could have actually been something really good there about yeah. one of the brothers like freaking out and telling because they couldn't handle it anymore or or trying to defend right in some way like that and that maybe like even the fighting that rue was getting into Mm -hmm. that like that comes out that 
that whole time it's been because he's defending right, I, right. Th- that was just so <laughs> ludicrous to me <laughs> and the whole book hinges on the damn secret right yeah and they, then that's they do, how you they wrap do that chalk up. that up so much in the actually the synopsis and i thought that was actually pushing it a little yeah. bit like it's all about family secrets and it's yeah. really not right i mean you know, that was kind of a plot thing, but I didn't feel like that was even the climax yes. of the book. So I thought that was, I, I it just, it missed the mark very far mm-hmm. because of the really good, um, writing about parenting. Mm-hmm. I give it a C mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't say I totally disliked it mm-hmm. because of that, but I had a really hard time with some of those plot inconsistencies mm-hmm. and character inconsistencies. At one point, her friends, Poppy had a sleepover and they were talking, they were using the word lust. No kid knows what that word means. Yeah. I barely know what that word means. <laughs> I mean, even right. they could say the same thing. Like he wanted to touch your boobs or whatever. Right. That is how a kid says that. They yeah. don't use the word lust. Yeah. Like, I don't know, friend. You're falling short fair. for me here. Fair. So fair points. Okay. That's where I'm at with All it. All right. Um, okay. I... I liked the book more than you, but do agree with a lot of your assessments where it was kind of weak, I think. And it might just have been one of those situations where I remember I actually read this book. We were in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes, you know, when a book hits you and I think I just had time to read and I could just get fully into it. I think that maybe that just helped or Mm -hmm. I just was intrigued enough in the story I think I was just able to put kind of some of those aside Mm -hmm. and just stick along with the Mm -hmm. parts that I really liked um I think I'm probably going to give it a b minus Mm -hmm. I would recommend it to people like not as oh my gosh you have to read this Yeah, people are raving about it though yeah it's interesting you know I didn't do this for this book club which sometimes I like to do is to read reviews of Mm -hmm. it Uh, Maybe I just read one, but it was really short and just kind of see what other people Mm -hmm. point out that they thought was really strong. So, um, but what I liked, I, I did like the, the aspects that felt like a real portrayal of the subject matter. Mm -hmm. And I liked that in, in those ways when gender identity was presented in just like a real and poignant way Mm -hmm. and made it relatable. Mm -hmm. I thought that she did a good job of creating this relatable, normal family Mm -hmm. that I felt like I could see myself in Rosie and Pin, Mm -hmm. or imagine myself as a sibling in the family. Mm -hmm. And so I liked that because then it let you put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And I think that is definitely one of the points of the book is to see, you know, what would you do? Right. This this is happening to normal people that aren't expecting it, that Mm -hmm. are prepared for it. How, like, how are you going to deal with that? I just, I found myself so many times throughout the book wondering what would I do? Mm -hmm. What would be the best thing Mm -hmm. to do? I mean, I definitely call the cops to pull the kid, a gun on my kid. I'll tell you <laughs> number that. one, number one. I can tell you for sure. Um, I something I really liked that they did with the family was so much of the story was about Claude and Poppy, but mm-hmm. I thought that she did a good job giving some depth to the other siblings mm-hmm. because I think it would have been really easy to kind of introduce these siblings and then let them fall to the right. background and not hear anything about them. And mm-hmm. I like that sometimes you just heard about just whatever 
day-to-day school year struggles or, or yeah they're always like don't say ass right. like someone always yes. said ass and yes. they're like don't say ass exactly so I just some of those aspects of the family you know what something that um, I loved in the book is they they had the homeworking table yeah and since reading this book I had kind of already been planning in our own house to replace our boys little toddler table with a bigger kitchen mm-hmm. table and we've since done that and oh, I just cute. and in my head I always was thinking this is where they'll sit they'll have a snack they'll do homework and I just I loved kind of that phrase the homeworking table uh-huh. um, I really also liked the full-time working mom and the dad with the creative flexible career. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think maybe this was done intentionally because they're kind Mm -hmm. of challenging some of those gender roles, but I thought that it was done in a way that they didn't, I didn't think she hit it over the head. Yeah. She didn't with that one. That's why I did. Yeah. And and I liked that just Uh because it was like, this was normal for them. And she kind of showed how some people would kind of make right. these remarks and stuff like right. isn't that's kind of different da 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 and I just like how confident and comfortable mm-hmm. they were in the situation and how they kind of shared the the well, work and that that I think partly what was so important about that too is showing how like you can be progressive as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. or right you can consider yourself right. very modern and progressive and still struggle with this yeah, because right. it's out of the norm for what mm-hmm. you've been raised or used to or mm-hmm. because they, I think they even had a couple conversations like we're not normal. Like right. we, we have this, we don't subscribe to normal gender right. roles, but then really you do in other ways and right. you don't necessarily exactly. realize. I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also thought that just kind of about the family dynamics too, I thought that it was really realistic that at some point when Claude was starting to express this desire to be like a girl or to be a girl, that Rosie kind of thought to herself, Hmm, this is kind of interesting. I I wonder what we should do about this. But then was just kind of swept up in mm-hmm. the pace of life again. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that just seemed so real because mm-hmm. I think that from the outside it's easy maybe after the fact or if you're just able to look at some one issue mm-hmm. with many with any kind of challenge right. or issue that a family might face to think how are they not seeing this how are they not addressing it mm-hmm. in these ways mm-hmm. but when you are working full time and you have five kids mm-hmm. and all this stuff going on you kind of deal with things when they force the issue right. almost you right. know and it's like well he's not terribly unhappy like right. he seems fine he's healthy and how big of to to know how big of a deal to make about anything right, right? exactly like, do we just Right. Treat it matter of factly. Is mm-hmm. that ignoring it? Does he need more support? Right. Like how you never kind of know. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that seemed very real. Um, okay. Some of the things that I didn't like, number one, I did think just like you said, at many points, I thought that Claude and Poppy just seemed very mature and wise for a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that annoys me so much about books. Yes, I think just because, kids in because I have kids yes. those ages. Yes. And so I'm always excited to read books to like see the similarities. Right. And then when they are overly mature, it just, it it is so obvious Mm -hmm. and it just is so distracting. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's hard to write kids. Well, yes, I will say that and and still have it be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure because (laughs) kids do just boring, weird stuff and they're not super logical. (laughs) So they don't make great book characters. If they're going to be a main, they want to talk about Legos for a real long time. It's like not that interesting. Um, I also thought that just that Claude choosing, um, Rosie's sister who passed away, her name Poppy. I just thought that seemed too poignant. Yeah. Like too on the nose. Too precious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 
it was like sweet, but it, it did just feel too fictionalized right. to me. Right. So, um, there were times when it felt a little bit slow to me. I liked the idea too, of this parallel fairy tale and story, the Gummerwald, which that was kind of a weird name. Right. And then later princess yeah. Stephanie who came in. And so sometimes that worked for me or yes, I, I liked, I, the, I liked the idea of it. I mm-hmm. loved it. Like, cause Chris tells the boys amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And I just, like you said, that power of story mm-hmm. and they were doing that to help them process mm-hmm. things. Um, but I couldn't follow the fairy tale. It was hard to follow. Yeah. Yes. And maybe that is sometimes how bedtime stories right. go. Like they're just ridiculous, but I agree. So I liked the idea. It just didn't feel like it fully landed mm-hmm. for me. So, okay. Um, I have a couple of follow-up discussion questions. One I grabbed from the publisher's reading guide, and this is what it says. After Poppy's secret is revealed, Rosie and Penn have an argument about how to move forward. Penn says, as parents, we make a thousand decisions a year with life-altering impact whose implications our kids couldn't possibly get their heads around. That's our job. That's what parenting is. Rosie counters with, she's got to be lost for a bit, and she can't be lost if we're leading her out of the woods. Where do you fall in this mm, argument? I really did love this because it's all so true, mm-hmm. but so hard. Yeah. Um, we've had, a, you know, a lot of discussions around this often just over certain behaviors even and how the only way through certain things is not to fix it, but mm. to just go through it. Yeah. Like lying phases, like uh-huh. whatever. I mean, it's obviously on a smaller scale, but just, you know, we've had a lot of conversations of like, well, you probably did that as a kid too, or mm-hmm. you just had to figure out it wasn't going to work right. or you had to figure out that that's not the way to get good attention or, you know, but they you almost, can't do that work for somebody. Right. It's like you have to learn that the appropriate or mm-hmm. positive behavior like brings you just that intrinsic right. reward. Like right. no one can just force you to do it. Right. So like, I feel like there's work that they will just always have to do in life at mm-hmm. different levels that we literally can't help them mm-hmm. with. We can't. Mm -hmm. And the more that we try, we kind of tend to mess it up and get like resentment and all kinds of other things. But we also, I just think this speaks to the pressure we put on ourselves as parents Mm -hmm. too, that Mm -hmm. their whole happiness, Mm -hmm. their whole everything Mm -hmm. is on us. And I think that that we come by that honestly, right? Because they are dependent on us for so much and we love them so much. Right. But I think it's really easy to forget that they are little people that will grow into big people Mm -hmm. and no amount of... Like I can do all kinds of things and they could still turn out the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Like totally. And sometimes that's a comfort to me mm-hmm. because it takes the pressure off of like, right. you don't have to get everything exactly right. They are going to be, they to are a going point to find their own be. selves mm-hmm. and you need to mostly get the big things right. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, mm-hmm. but it's okay if you don't get those right every yeah. time either. Nobody yeah. does. Right. Um, and then I just think about how, and maybe this maybe goes to the next question more, but really how much, um, sometimes we get in our heads about this like culturally because Mm -hmm. we're so privileged. Mm -hmm. We have the privilege to have the time and bandwidth and energy to overparent. Right. We're not just focusing on how do we feed our kids for the most part? Mm -hmm. How do we, um, just meet their basic needs. Yeah. And like the guilt that comes with that and the, the rumination and the anxiety you can give yourself where sometimes simpler is better. Like, look, they were fed today. Right. They were clothed. Mm -hmm. They were loved. They annoyed the crap out of me. They went to sleep. The end. I kept them alive. Right. Like sometimes that really is okay. (laughs) And we just get so in our heads about it that we will make ourselves and them crazy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. I think, I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think it's just, I just thought it, it felt so true. And I think that, 
like Rosie and Pin kind of show you these different sides. And I think that each situation you never know. Mm-hmm. And that's what's hard too. It's just a moving target. Yeah. And maybe on some days you do need to shepherd them a little bit mm-hmm. more. And other days you do just kind of back way to, off. Yeah. Let them fail or let them kind of experience that. And it's hardship. crazy making. Mm-hmm. It oh really is crazy making because yes. you'll think you have something figured out. Like we got oh this or we're gosh. over this phase yes. or whatever. Well, then so it comes up much. in a new so a new much. way and you're like okay well like, that's the new no, manifestation i thought of that. we put that to bed two yeah, months it ago really, <laughs> it really is hard it is very hard okay so next i want to ask i want to talk about the title this is how it always is and there is a quote in the book that i really love where this phrase appears it's a little bit long but i wanted to read it and this is pen talking you never know you only guess This is how it always is. You have to make these huge decisions on behalf of your kid, this tiny human whose fate and future is entirely in your hands, who trusts you to know what's good and right, and then to be able to make that happen. You never have enough information. You don't get to see the future. If you screw up with your incomplete, contradictory information, you make the wrong call, well, nothing less than your child's entire future (laughs) and happiness is at stake. It's impossible. It's heartbreaking. It's maddening, but there's no alternative. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's this theme throughout it of parenting and life that it's challenging Mm -hmm. no matter what your family, maybe no matter the decade, Mm -hmm. no matter the issue. But I thought that maybe there's also some irony in the title too, Mm -hmm. because things do change. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious what, if you thought the title, if it was a good title for the book and kind of what you thought about it. Yeah, I did like the title. I thought there was this idea of, um, just even gender identity explored and how much, how much transgender individuals need to fight just that this is how it always is. Mm, This mm -hmm. is what girls do. This is what boys do. Yeah. Even, um, you know, gender normative, like people that, that would feel like, no, I mostly am a girl, but I don't want to do this thing Mm -hmm. that girls do, or I want to work and have my husband stay home or whatever. Right. Um, just, there is, there's so much in our culture and in life in general that we do just because this is how it so always true. is. So true. And um, even just the the daily struggles that go in every typical quote unquote normal family that you wouldn't even think about mm-hmm. because there might be something about them mm-hmm. that's not normal, N- not in the typical normal sitcom right. fashion, right? A disability, mm-hmm. something that people just take for granted. Mm-hmm. And I even experienced this being an adoptive family, like the assumptions that people make, like, mm-hmm. well, of course, birthdays are no big deal or of course or only a happy you got to name your kid Mm -hmm. or you have only happy memories from the time you adopted them on Mm -hmm. and just things that unless you experience it yeah you're making all these assumptions about how everybody's life always is Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good the Mm -hmm. title Mm -hmm. yeah I I did too I kind of kept thinking about it um and just yeah that parenting is always hard growing up is always hard but that things actually are always changing too. Mm -hmm. And that nothing, I guess there are many things that don't have to stay the same, even if our first assumption is that, that they have to. Right. So yeah, I really, I liked it. Yeah. All right. I think that that wraps it up. That was a good discussion. Yeah. I like it when you're feisty I about books. I was feisty. Books. Sorry, I was spicy about that one. I friends. like it. I think it makes for a good discussion. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We would love to know what you thought about the book. Um, and don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you would take two minutes and leave us an Apple podcast review, we would so appreciate it. Connect with us on Instagram, where we are Hi Girls Next Door, or find us on Facebook. Our website is girlnextdoorpodcast.com, and our email address is highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. 
Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. I've been feisty lately about books. Yeah. I have many thoughts about books. Bring it.